When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. on a Saturday. It's Tennis Channel Live all weekend. We are presented by Prudential. That also means it's semifinal Saturday across two venues. The men are in Paris and the women with their year-end championships in Cancun, Mexico. Here's our Prudential order of play. First up, it will be the two Americans, the Dubs partners, Jessica Bagula, Coco Goff. Their first time past the group stage at this event. And then the top two ranked players, Svantec and Sabalenka, go up against each other with a little extra on the line. So with that, we say hello and welcome to a weekend edition of TC Live. We're hoping for dry Cancun. We're going to get to the live tennis as soon as it clears up there. We're in Santa Monica. Jeff Chisiber working alongside a couple of Hall of Famers. Lindsay Davenport on my left. And we got Andy Roddick over there on the monitor. Before we get to Andy... You're putting in some serious work. This might be a seven-hour day for you. Are you good with the weather in Cancun? What are you uh, predicting today? I'm ready. We had, I think the other night, we had seven rain delays in one match in one night. I feel like I can handle anything. But, Chiz, normally you're in our ear. And yeah. now I'm looking at you out here, so congratulations on hosting. Thank you. I got a little sweat going on, I, 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 but I got the jacket on. It's like a wedding. I just keep it on. I wanted to ask Andy, Andy, I don't know about your contract, but are you okay with this trio? Can you do TC Lives without uh, Steve Weissman or Brett Haber hosting? Is that cool with you? The, they, like, like, listen, here I am. I'm not going to walk off just because you're here. I get it. What, I, what, what I'm more concerned about is the coffee with, like, the four shots that you drank right before you went on air. 100%. I feel like we're going to get... I feel like we're going to get some unexpected buzz here in about 15 minutes, but I'm pumped. Let's roll. Yeah, I'm just trying to get that Weiss Mania voice up. Yeah. Maybe I got to keep For it. For context, Chiz yeah. had, uh, like, some nitro cold brew he just shot down. So yeah. we're, we're unsure what the a next hour brings. I don't even, I don't even drink cold brew. Andy, where are you at, by the way? You showed us a little view. You're not at home. You're somewhere different. I am currently in the locker room at a place called Arthur Ashe Stadium heard of it former home of u.s open winner lindsey davenport knows what this background is i'll uh, tell you I think that. you do too do we yeah. get a tour or are there some uh, some other people in there with you yeah i can't give you a tour because i don't know what you'd see there's some amateur tennis players that i was hitting with kind of walking around in various stages of okay. uh being clothed so i don't know <laughs> that that's what I don't know that that's what Chiz needs on his on his first time out. We're gonna we're gonna keep it hurt. safe. We, we got a we got a media hour show. Let's get to the Paris semifinal. I'm coming back to you, Andy. Sitsipas, Dimitrov, and Sitsipas had won their previous five meetings. Oh, but wouldn't it be funny if I flip the camera around? We'll watch this highlight instead, though. Uh, look at Dimitrov stepping inside the court. Two things he did great today was taking that backhand on the short hop and redirecting it, which is not something he likes to do mid-rally. Also, was hitting great passing shots today. You see the scrambling ability. You need to do that against Sitsipas. You see him come forward 
forced the pressure in the second set breaker. And credit to Tsitsipas for really kind of turning his year around, was averaged through the U.S. hard court season, has really fought to gain some momentum and qualify uh, for the year-end finals here in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but then third set breaker, different story. Uh, basically, Dimitrov went into beast mode on, on some of these uh, passing shots. You'll see him coming up, just working the corners, ripping balls. Sitsipas talking to, uh, to his father, who's back in the mix again. But look at these passing shots from Dimitrov. Open stance on the back end. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yes, you can if your name is Grigor Dimitrov. Tsitsipas pushing the pace. Dimitrov finding a home up the line there. And hey, we're already here, Chiz, so why not just end it on another one? Great match. Good ride for Dimitrov. Well earned. Both these guys making a run at the end of the year. Great stuff today. Yeah, another uh, the resurgent season continues. He spoke on the court after another clutch victory. I cannot express anything right now. I'm just, just happy, honestly, just happy that I was able to, to get through that match in such a manner. I kind of, you know, took those, took those chances. That, that was it. That, that's all I can do against uh, such a high-quality player. I mean, if I, if I let him dictate the game, I'm done. Um, but in the end, I kept on believing. I kept on um, staying focused. I think that was the most important thing. And make sure that every, every time I had my, my racket on the ball, I was doing something with it. So he's never broken. I think one of the outlier stats was that 23 out of 25 when he came to the net, we know he's great in all areas of the court. What did you see there? Yeah, I thought he was so clutch, and it's such a great thing to see with Dimitrov. It was a couple of years ago. He was going through some service woes, a little bit of the case of the yips, and that has seemed to be gone. He's really kind of cleaned that up, but he's gone the last couple of days. You said today, not broken. Yesterday, only broken one time. Really like what he's doing with his game. He's put in a lot of hard work to get it back. I mean, here's a player who's a top 10 player. Player, fell out of the top 30 for a little bit, fighting his way to get back into the top 10. You only do that if you're putting in hard work. Now he's got the confidence in these big matches. Good to see. He's very well liked, and he's deserved all of this. Yeah, the difference is that, that I see is there's a, there's a certain amount of joy that he's playing with now where maybe it's not associated with the future potential or talking about baby fed and talking about all these kind of crazy comparisons that create this own pressure mechanism. It looks like he's just going to work and kind of enjoying himself now. And it's fun to see, you know, even evidence that that third set breaker where he's just freeing up and swinging from the hips and actually just going for it, smiling afterwards saying, I just enjoyed it. I went out there and I, I you know, I, I tried to put something on the ball. It seems like there's a simplicity involved with Dimitrov, uh, in a great way that maybe wasn't there, you know, five, six years ago when we're all asking, hey, when's he going to win a slam? When are you going to get to a final? Now those questions have kind of subsided, and he's like, you know what? I'm still here. I'm still ready. Yeah, I feel like tennis is just better when Grigor Dimitrov is balling. I think everyone's yeah. pumped to see him playing well. Okay, to the second semifinal we go. Who is Dimitrov going to face? Djokovic and Rublev. Djokovic coming off that three-set thrilling victory over Holger Runa, and Andy, he would need three sets again today. Yeah, and that shot, these shots that Rublev was hitting, switching directions early in this match, uh, off the short hop there on the back end, and then pumping some forehands here. Uh, you know, that that's just ridiculous. That's like you're playing video games, taking one off the short hop, hitting a flat angle inside the court. Uh, Rublev was firing in all cylinders, but Novak just doing Novak things. We know how he can lock it down in a breaker. He played actually a couple average breakers this week, but back to doing Novak things and saying, let me... But why, why don't you get it up for me, Paris? I'm the GOAT. You can tell me good things. You can cheer for me. It's fantastic. But then, you know, with Rublev, you're going, listen, I've given it everything I have for the first two sets, and we're, we're even. 
unbelievable. Novak's ability to kind of get into the trenches and repeatedly ask the question of his, his opponents, can you keep coming up with the goods? Listen, when you when it's two or three months between uh, matches and tournaments, you're gonna have you're gonna get beat up a little bit. Novak has certainly been beat up with some physical ailments this week. Uh, had some some tummy issues earlier. The back may be bothering him a little bit. And you can see Rublev going, "What do I have to do to actually get over the line against this guy?" And unfortunately, the answer is a little bit more. Novak just digging in and willing himself to winning. It's amazing the motivation that he still One has. One away from a seven every match. Masters yeah, title. Crazy. He spoke after the win. I don't think I've ever faced Rublev this, this good. Um, on the other hand, you know, I was struggling again with my fitness a little bit at the beginning, but kind of went through it. And uh, yeah, it was crucial, obviously, to win the second set. The tie break, I served very well, found the great serves, and uh, that helped. You know, in the third set, I thought I was always there in his service games, having chances. Um, you know, he came up with some big serves when he needed to, but in the end, double fault. You know, unfortunate to, for ending for him, but, you know, I think I, I, I deserved it considering the, the amount of effort and, and fight I put in, especially in the third. All right, he's also one win away from his record extended 40th Masters 1000 title. I feel like in other sports, NBA hot ticket, Michael Jordan late in the game, that's what people want to see. I feel like that's what it's like now with Novak Djokovic. You just want to watch him deep in these sets and in these tournaments. Yeah, it's remarkable. Also, you take into context, he's 36 years old. He's, got, he's playing against a whole different generation of players now, but that motivation has gone nowhere. Another thing that always gets me watching Novak is he has nine lives in every match, and you think he's down and out, and he's able to find that extra win time and time again to get these big wins. Uh, he's also motivated trying to finish the year number one. This tournament has certainly helped widen that lead over Carlos Alcaraz. We'll see how he plays in London. But just to see him manage his schedule, miss a significant portion of the year, and still just be rock solid in these tournaments that he plays, it's pretty remarkable to witness. Andy, might be. I kind of talked over you when you were crushing that highlight. Um, <laughs> but back to you on the Novak discussion. Uh, we're always running out of ways to admire and compliment him. And now we're running out of questions just to ask on TC Live discussions. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, no sweat. We're all good. I blame the cold brew. Uh, but I, I think I think one of the things that is is continually amazing about Novak, and we we probably take a lot of it for granted at this point, and we shouldn't, is that it's kind of impossible to not get any tournament reps, and then it's like, ho-hum, oh, I'm in another final, right? Like, I haven't played much since the U.S. Open. Everyone else has been playing every week, and I'm in these three setters. So not only are we talking about the clutch gene, Chiz, just, but it's like the unprepared clutch gene, right? Like, I haven't been playing tournaments. I don't feel great, but yet I'm still able to win these extended matches on back-to-back -back days. And I'm in a Masters 1000 final. You know, it's just it's just crazy because it's not that easy. We normally need a build up to find that top level. It's just like he kind of plugs and plays. It's crazy. Yeah. So now he's 32 and one in his last 33 hardcourt wins. Uh, and we're going to talk about this final later on in the show. But just to kind of set it up, here's what it looks like. It's going to be tomorrow, Djokovic and Dimitrov, and that's going to be the 13th meeting. And that is a 11 to one head-to-head -head advantage for Novak Djokovic. All right. We're just getting started here on TC Live. A lot of Cancun coverage still to come. But later on, we're going to flash back to earlier in the week. Check in on some of the Halloween festivities. Which one of these Wimbledon finalists did their best? Taylor Swift impression costume check later on TC Live. TC Live is presented by Prudential. Millions of people tap into the insurance, investment, and retirement expertise of Prudential. 
Who's Your Rock? Back on TC Live, snap this QR code. It's time for our TennisPoint.com gear spotlight. And check out these new New Balance Coco CG1 shoes. The new kicks are influenced by basketball, silhouettes, and 90s aesthetics. The Coco CG1 features a multi-piece upper construction, and it's outfitted with bold color blocking. Go shop now with this QR code or at TennisPoint.com for the new Cocos. Coming up next, we dive deeper into our Cancun previews. Great bounce-back performance from Pagula and Goff at this year's year-end championships. They face off in the first semifinal today. Lindsay and Andy weigh in on the other side. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Year-end championships in beautiful Cancun, Mexico. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like that right now. We are hoping it'll clear up later for some live tennis at the top of the hour. But for now, why don't you take you back to some Friday highlights. Coco Goff, Marquette Vondrosova. Coco needed a win and to get some help to get through. This was a scrappy win. It really was. The conditions have really been the topic of discussion in Cancun. And these two were playing in high, high windy conditions. And it was Vondrosova in the first set. It was able to just be a little bit more consistent. And then she, she actually served for the match in the second set. And something clicked for Coco. So much heart to come back in this match. She got more aggressive, started to get a little bit more rhythm on her serve, but really started to go after it. And Vondrosova at times started to get a little whiny. And it was exactly the opposite from Coco, who just put everything on the line to be able to turn this match around in the second set. And then the same thing in the third. Again, not easy to play out there. And sh these players were using all the tricks in their book to try and play just normal tennis. The wind was gusting about 25 miles per hour. In the end, though, it was Goff who was able to get through and book her spot in the semis. Yeah, she battled the elements. And with that win, she battled all the way to the desk. And that was with Steve and the other Coco. Let's take a listen. What heart, what what will to get you through that? What, what did you think got you through the match? I don't really know. Uh, just I started to be a little bit more aggressive, and I knew I was going to miss some and make some. You know, you always want to leave it out on the, all out on the court, but, you know, you don't want to finish the season off or off a loss with, like, this condition. So I was just like, uh, hopefully I can just keep um, pressing her and then come off with a win and give myself the best chance to move to the next round, hopefully. Yeah, gutsy win, and here's what it looks like at the top of the hour, what we're hoping for. That's going to be Goff and Bagula first, and then Shvantec and Sabalenka will go at it with the year and number one on the line. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about this first matchup with Coco and Pagula. It's a great bounce-back story because they kind of shared that misery together last year, Andy. They go 0 for 12 combined. Now they're through to the semifinals for the first time in the singles. Uh, what do you think in just initial thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, and also just being, uh, you know, two of the leaders of the sport who 
just continually make the year-end finals uh, year after year. That That's a huge step. Uh, getting there is great. Continually kind of just existing there uh, is a different thing altogether. But uh, listen, the outdoor conditions, they both are great outdoor hardcore players, a little different than kind of that, uh, you know, late in the year uh, made up uh, indoor thing that they had going in Dallas last year where the bounce was a little weird. But, you know, credit to both of them for kind of finding their way. Jess Pagula uh, was striking the ball great from the word go. Coco kind of had to like battle her way through to the semis uh, a little bit more. But listen, you know, it doesn't really matter what you've done to this. Stage. It's kind of survive in advance, make the semifinals, then give yourself a, a shot at the weekend. Yeah, completely different path to the semis. And for Bagula, you know, she takes out the ball bashers and Sabalenka and as well as Rabakina, but this is a different matchup now that she's going to take on Coco Golf. Yeah, this is only their fourth time that they've played. These two have been the top ranked Americans for a bit of time now. But it was Pagula who was able to get the upper hand in their last matchup in August. And this was right when Coco was in the middle of her great run in between winning in DC and Cincinnati. Be interesting matchup because there's no question right now in this week, it's Pagula who has to be more confident. 6-0 in sets, as you said, has taken out some big hitters. But Goff and that fighting spirit and her athleticism, especially in these windy conditions, we'll see how big of a factor that is. One big thing, the serve. Against Triantec, Goff went to serve for the second set, double faulted four times in a row. She got that a little bit more under control against Vondrosova, but in these windy conditions, it's Pagula is just a little bit more solid so far this week. Well, that's interesting because with the win, you usually people say you want spin to combat that win, but with Pagula, she's actually relatively flat, Andy, but everything's just so measured and accurate. What, is, what has she done so well to adapt to these kind of dismal conditions? Well, she also doesn't rely on her serve, right? It, 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 you know, it, it's not as if she needs the big serves to to kind of implement any game plan uh, that she has. You know, the second serve kind of is safe, goes towards the middle of a box. So you wouldn't think that the wind uh, adjust uh, is as much of an adjustment for her as it would be for Coco. Coco's toss is a little bit higher. Uh, the, the margin is a little bit. Uh, lower, so uh, not surprising that Pagula can kind of hit through these uh, conditions with the wind, especially uh, you know shorter, shorter swings. Sw uh, swing path is a little bit tighter. Coco creates a little bit more uh, you know arc and spin with the ball, uh, especially on the forehand side, which is a little bit tougher in the wind. So it's not that surprising that Pagula is really handling uh, these gusts uh, better than anyone so far. Yeah, I think you're right. I think a lot of it has to do with the technique. Pagula, very simple technique, these short back swings, not a lot to go wrong there. And Goff, maybe with a bit more power on the backhand side, but she also has some grip changes she has to adjust to. And sometimes that contact point on the forehand moves around a little bit. She's going to want to tighten that up in this matchup tonight. Yes, yeah, 17 double faults, and I think she had seven more unforced errors and winners. I'm talking about Coco Goff, so that's kind of all you need to know about scrapping your way through uh, a victory. Uh, so we're going to talk about the next semi final. This one's Iga Svantec and Sabalenka. They're going to go up in a little bit, but let's take it back to the most previous meeting between these two. The head-to-head -head is 2-1. to one. This is the last time these two played, Lindsay. Yeah, and this is where Pagula was just a little more, more solid. Goff was coming off that week in D.C. where she won that event there. So a little bit of fatigue for her. And again, Pagula was just going to work, being very consistent. Goff, though, showed some glimpses, and this was all building confidence for Coco as she went on to win the U.S. Open just a couple of weeks later. So tough to compete, though, as good friends, as doubles partners, and Pagula just a little bit more solid on this day up in Canada. All right, so 7-5 in the third. Two friends hug it out. Like I said, it's a 2-1 advantage for the head-to-head. -head. 
with Pagula over Goff. Now we're talking about the next semifinal, Sabalenka and Svantec. And this is the last time these two met. This is a final on the clay. Uh, these two have gone back and forth. It's an interesting matchup, but both of them have a lot of power. Svantec, the better mover. But Sabalenka can finish the points a little easier. But absolutely love it's going to come down to the number one ranking as well here. Love these two. They have such great intensity. They've been fighting the conditions so well this week. It's a big win for Sabalenka to beat Sviantec on clay. Has the upper hand maybe on some faster surfaces, but this one did a lot for Sabalenka's confidence. Yeah, she doesn't have the head-to-head -head edge, but she's beaten Iga Svantec two out of the last three times. Let's check out the scenarios. Here's what it looks like today. If Sabalenka gets the win, she will get the year-end number one. If Svantec wins, she will need one more win in the finals to lock up that top spot. Uh, I believe it was right after the U.S. Open when she lost that number one spot. So I think it's been about eight weeks straight with Sabalenka having that top spot. So this is a completely different situation. Uh, is there any feeling here between these two that they've never played when Sabalenka is the number one spot? Is it possible that maybe she's could be feeling a little bit of pressure on that end, Andy? Well, I don't think it matters that they haven't played when Sabalenka has been number one. I think it does matter that they both can be the year end number one, right? I, with Sabalenka, you know, trying to close the door, this is kind of what you want, right? You want it to come down to the finals. You want the two best, uh, the two, at least the two most consistent players of the year and two of the best players of the year really deciding it uh, on terms, right? It's not decided by someone else. It's not decided by points coming off. This is it. Spiatek knows she's got to go two for two. Sabalenka knows she can close the door with a win tonight. This is what you want the number one ranking uh, to come down to as a fan, as a player. There's a lot of pressure involved. Yeah, it was so interesting hearing Sabalenka earlier in the week. I mean, she was talking about how disappointed she was when Sviantec lost at the U.S. Open. She wanted the title and the number one ranking to come down to those two playing each other. She's getting her wish here in Cancun. But there's, it's more than just a semifinal of the World Tour Finals. I mean, this is also the year-end number one ranking. I think there's one thing to get to number one in the world. But the next goal then is to finish the yep. year as the number one ranked player. And Shriantek's done that. Sabalenka hasn't. How much does that weigh on Sabalenka today? Andy, let's bring it back to the win because I watched Iga's match yesterday. That felt like it was a clinic of how to deal with the win, the choppy steps, the adjustments. Is she kind of, if you bring the win into this matchup, are you now giving the nod to Shriantek? Well, I think one of the biggest things in the wind is your footwork. And I don't know anyone uh, on tour who has better footwork, especially those little steps preparing for balls in the middle that might shift around uh, than Iga Sviatek. I mean, I, I find myself watching her sometimes. I, I ignore the actual point that's going on and just watch her little footwork and those kind of mini circle C's to get the forehands. And it's just it, it's just perfect. Uh, the way that she moves from the middle of the court uh, is just perfect. She does have a bit of an extreme grip on the forehand side, which can be affected by win. Uh, Sabalenka will be able to send the ball and hit the ball through the court off of both sides. Fiatek maybe on one side has, you know, huge power on the forehand when she has time but defensively is not a shot that she likes to kind of match power with power. So if you're uh, Sabalenka, you want to go through the court on the forehand side. But uh, listen, Spiontek puts on a clinic on, on, on footwork time and time again, and that's only going to benefit her in the wind. Bringing it back to Sabalenka, with someone with that much power, you can be a little erratic. But now she's number one. Obviously, there's no erratic results when you're number one. What have you seen different from Arena this year as far as kind of bringing more consistency to the picture? Uh, I think what she's been able to do this season could be one of the, the biggest accomplishments, given where she was mentally and also with her serve in 2022, to bring it back around to become ranked number one, 
to be able to win a major, get to the final of another one. It's a huge accomplishment. And she has gone all in. There's not one piece of the puzzle that she is not completely committed to, whether it's the fitness or the nutrition or the training. She has earned this number one ranking. This week has been interesting because she played a set against Rabakina in very heavy wind, and she made it look like they were playing indoors. Just a masterclass performance. She also played against Pagula, where she was all out of sorts and kind of falling over. Her contact point was all over the place. That is the wild card. She is not as maybe solid in the wind, point in and point out, as Sviantec is, maybe because of the footwork, maybe because of the balance. We have to see what kind of level Sabalenka is able to bring today with an incredible amount of pressure on her as well. Yeah, let's also note this is the third straight year where these two are going to meet at the WTA finals. In those previous two meetings, Sabalenka won both of those last year. It was the semifinals before she ended up losing to Caroline Garcia. Much more to come here on TC Live. We're hoping for live tennis at the top of the hour. Let's revisit some Paris action. There's a smile from Grigor Dimitrov looking for his first Masters 1000 since 2017. TCL rolls on. Tennis Channel Live brought to you by Prudential. This is what we're looking forward to on Championship Sunday, the matchup between Djokovic and Dimitrov. This is going to be their 13th meeting, 11-1 advantage for Djokovic. Before we start talking, let's send it back to Paris to hear from Danny and Prakash. All right, Jess, Keith. We've got our final set here in yep. Paris. Novak Djokovic has a commanding 11-1 lead in the head-to-head -head against Grigor Dimitrov. How do you see this one playing out? Well, he, he's got to toss that out the window. And I think Grigor, for him to have a chance, he's got to be able to use that dynamic game of his. His slice backhand has been phenomenal. The backhand down the line has been a revelation here. He's going to have to keep up the pace on that backhand and mix it all up, but attack the net. I think he's going to have to come in, play some short balls, not just keep Novak going side to side at the baseline, move him a little bit up and down, and it just comes down to execution. I, I think if he's able to hit those big shots he's been hitting all week, I think he's got a great shot. 13th edition of Dimitrov and Djokovic. First time that they've ever played each other in a final. Looking forward to a big championship Sunday here in Paris. Right, Grigor Dimitrov is absolutely on fire. He's going to guarantee a top 15 ranking at the end of the year. First time since 2017. I'm going to you, Andy. Uh, we talk about the variety and his form being so high, but this is a perfect measuring stick. What are you looking forward to when he takes on Novak tomorrow? Yeah, you can be playing as well as you want to, but then if you get a matchup uh, that doesn't serve uh, your style of game, you can throw a lot of that out the window. Um, I, I think Dimitrov, the one non-negotiable absolutely his first serve percentage right he's gonna have to go big and he's gonna have to land uh, a lot of those first punches what he does on Novak's second serve while returning will also be intriguing uh, I'd like to see him take a couple huge cuts and kind of rush the net uh, early just to not if he gets into the first four or five games and he's getting into cross-court rallies where Novak is able to develop that rhythm feel his pace uh, that's not what he needs uh, I'm also I would also like him to go uh, big on second serves kind of in and out of the body up and away if Novak knows what's coming on a second serve re return uh, it's uh, it's curtains. It was making me tear up there watching <laughs> Greer, not listening to Andy watching Grigor <laughs> celebrate but, but yeah, I, you know, yeah. 
I mean, it is so hard when you haven't beaten someone in ten and a half years. Yeah. So even if That's you're wild. having the week of your career and you're playing awesome, it's, it's Andy's right. It's a matchup thing. I would imagine Novak's just going to pin Grigor in that backhand corner, not let him see a lot of forehands in the middle of the court. Kind of places serve exactly where Grigor then is just trying to get returns back into play, and that's what Novak is a master at. Yeah. And, and so I also think a fatigue maybe plays a factor in this. There's been a lot of long matches for Grigor, and I, I don't know. I think in this situation of a Masters 1000, Novak somehow, some way finds a way to get better as a tournament goes on, no matter how much he's uh, played on court or how injured he is. Not the same experience for Grigor. I think that's going to be a huge factor for Novak. Yeah, one of the interesting, where uh, we talk a lot about the variety, the strokes, like you mentioned, Andy, earlier in the show, but I don't think we give enough love to the movement and just the way he's gliding around out there. 32 years old is really not that old anymore these days. This is one of the best movers on tour. Yeah, I mean, he's always been dynamic, right? He's been a good mover. He's a, a, a very coordinated mover, uh, if that's the right term. Uh, but he doesn't want to get into those situations where he's having to rely on that side-to-side -side movement uh, tomorrow against Novak. It's that frustrating thing where something you do well doesn't fit with someone you're playing against. He does not want to just retrieve balls and be digging in and out of corners. He's got to kind of... Uh, make his impact felt early uh, in these rallies. He has to serve well. He has to take huge cuts and take some chances on the return game. It's not the matchup where he wants to be kind of be on a string uh, hoping for misses uh, from Novak. That's uh, that's not going to work. Now, our very own Wertheim had a great tweet or X, whatever it is, and he was mentioning we're trying to figure out ways <laughs> as how does he stay motivated. Right. And he made a good point. It was kind of funny that it's almost like he's motivated. Grigor's not one of these youngsters. But to prove the youngsters wrong and to also look for anyone to boo in the crowd to get any type of slight just to get up for any one of these moments. Yeah, it actually has to be hard for Novak when you've lost your two biggest rivals. Maybe we get Rafa back next year, hopefully, mm -hmm. and that comes back into play. But, I mean, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion he's going to win this all-time Grand Slam title race between his generation. That was such a big push for so many years for really all three of them, but especially Novak, who always was willing to speak about it and talk about what a driving force it was. He's most likely going to add more majors. Got some young players coming up, but I've loved this week in Paris how he's used the crowd. You know, he finds some way, as you were mentioning, and John as well, to motivate himself, whether it's the crowd booing, brings it up a little bit. Um, you have to find ways to challenge yourself if you're there. that great, I would imagine. I had no problem <laughs> with it. <laughs> Could find any little reason. But Novak, he's searching, but he finds it, and he finds a way to win also. Uh, are you guys down for a little trivia real quick before we get okay. to break? Um, okay. We all know that Novak is the only player to win every Masters at least two times. But he's won every Masters 1000 at least three times except for one. Do either of you guys know which one that is, that he's only won two times? Does that make sense? Yeah, I would guess uh, Cincinnati or Monte Carlo. What do you got? Um, I'm the same. <laughs> Just because? <laughs> you don't even know what he said? It, are you asking because it's Paris? No, no, no. Okay. It, it's not. He has Paris six times. But he hadn't won Cincy for a while, right? Because Roger kept it's winning probably it. Cincy. The, the, the correct answer is Monte Carlo. So oh, Andy geez. gave it to you guys. Andy, you but... talked me out of it. I would have had Monte Carlo. But... Okay. Well, yeah, uh, that's my... Yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, I'm sorry that I coaxed you into the wrong answer, which was kind of like a, a non-answer also. I'll take all the blame. No problem. Thank you. 
All right, so we still got a trophy to lift in Paris. I missed the joke already. But here, let's look at how it's locked up in Turin. The top eight are right there. I believe we got four uh, former champs at the ATP Finals in this group. Djokovic, with the win, will get his seventh title. That's the most ever. Andy, what sticks out when you look at this list? Well, what sticks out is uh, number seven, Alex Verev, right? Coming into the year uh, off of that broken ankle, not knowing. He looked completely out of sorts. Uh, in Australia, so to come back and take his place back at the World Tour Finals, I think that's I think that's well deserved, and I don't know that a lot of us would have predicted it based on the state of his ankle and kind of not knowing uh, how it was going to shape up. He looked very ordinary early in Australia, and has really righted the ship. So deserves props for that. Yeah, we've also been talking about Yannick Sinner for a couple of years to see him really rise to the occasion this year finishing in the race at number four it's been so fun to watch him it's been fun to see his rivalry with Alcaraz really start to develop this year um, it was unfortunate what happened to him this week in Paris maybe he could have finished a little bit higher but fatigue and scheduling but uh, looking forward to him having a huge world tour finals in Turin yeah don't forget Alcaraz qualified last year but the abdominal injury that cut his season short so the first time he's going to be appearing at the HB finals okay again we are hoping for live tennis at the top of the hour it's going to start with the semifinal with Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula whether it's dubs or singles we've got a lot of tennis to get to but coming up next it's going to be uh, Leslie Allen, a tennis trailblazer herself, introduces us to another true tennis pioneer. We got more storytelling after this break. I'm so excited to be here in Morgan State University with the legendary Bonnie Logan, a trailblazer in so many ways. I stand on her shoulders, and when we look at the players of today, they stand on her shoulders too. And I remember as a kid watching you play, and you were so fast. There was no ball on the court that you couldn't get. I was very athletic anyway. I played a lot of things with the children in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And one day I went out with my brother, and uh, he showed me the game. Mm -hmm. And I just fell in love with it right then. People in Durham were playing ATA tennis, and they were going from state to state, you know, east up and down the East Coast. Mm -hmm. We had something to prove, you right. know, that was it. You know, I had something to prove that I could do anything that, that any white person could do. Right. Or even better. I think what a lot of people don't realize in that era, because obviously Durham was segregated at that time, so you lived in a segregated situation, but there was a vibrant tennis community across the country where hundreds and thousands of people were playing tennis. So tennis was not unknown to our community. Each summer in Lynchburg, Virginia, Bonnie honed her skills with instruction from Dr. Robert Johnson, a physician and the ATA Junior Development Director, who, from one court at his home, trained countless talented players. It was the same court where Dr. Johnson had trained Althea Gibson and Arthur Ashe. 
the tournaments you played, were those integrated, were you all the ones integrating the tournaments? Yes, we were the ones that integrated the tournaments, you know. Okay, I'm just scared yeah. just hearing you say that. It's yeah, we were the like ones that. that, you know, that were first coming through there and um, opening it up. I had the opportunity to play. I tried not to get into the politics of mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you know, of what was going on in the world. Right. You know, but I had to just play. I respected him, you know, and and all of the things that he wanted to, to achieve. I wanted to win for him yeah. and what he stood for. Right. Yes. After high school, Bonnie attended Morgan State University in Baltimore, where, believe it or not, she successfully competed as one of the top players on the men's tennis team. You won the CIAA. Yes. You are the CIAA number two singles champion. Yeah. Yes. So that's, you won a men's collegiate level event. No one will ever break that record because they're not going to allow women to play men. That's absolutely amazing. When did you first hear about a thing called the Virginia Slim Circuit? Well, you know, I had taken the World Tennis Magazine. That's okay. another thing, I had subscribed to that magazine. And fortunately, I had my, I had a diary. I had all of the tournaments that I played in, and I typed it up, and I knew that Gladys Hellman was the president of World Tennis. Right. And I wrote a cover letter, and I said, I want to play on the Virginia Slim Circuit. And she called me and said yes. I think we got a plane ticket somewhere to go to Houston. That was my first tournament. Mm -hmm. I do remember my very first tournament okay, really well. Yeah. You know, and... Um, and what year was that? 72? That was 72. 72. Okay. I'll never forget, I played this girl from, from Australia. And I beat her, I won that match. And she wouldn't shake my hand. That really got me. Is that the first time that something like that had happened? Mm -hmm. the very first time. Wow. I should have known then that it was going to be tough, you know. When I came off the circuit, of course, I didn't know what to do. Then I got a word that they were hiring teachers in Baltimore. And I submitted my application to more uh, Baltimore City Schools. Okay. I was hired right away. I taught physical education was my major. How many years were you a PE teacher? 32 years. That's my rule mm -hmm. that I have touched that many children. Right. My high school yearbook is there. Mm -hmm. uh, you know how you had a picture in your, in your ambition and then I had physical education teacher and I had professional tennis player first uh -huh. and then physical education teacher. I said there it is. So boom, boom. You did yeah. both. You did both. That's good stuff right there. Thank you, Leslie, for introducing us to Bonnie Logan and shining some light on her achievements and all the contributions to our sport. Another reminder of what we're hoping to see sooner than later. There's some live pictures. We've moved the start time back. So now at 6 p.m. Eastern will be the first time we see Pagula Goff 
Uh, are you good? Do you have enough uh, Erewhon uh, stuff in the bag? You, you, <laughs> you, you're going to be able to wait this I out? I think we might be here a while, but I, I asked if you could hang around with us all day. Maybe we'll do some hits uh, after the matches tonight, Chiz. Okay. Might need a new shirt. That's about to do it. All right, that's the new time. 6.30 p.m. Eastern, new start time for these two semifinals for the WTA Finals. More Tennis Channel Live coming up right after this. Lindsay, Andy, and Jeff back with you here on TC Live. We talked about the singles. Let's break down the doubles. Goff and Bagula, after their singles match, they still have some business to finish with Sigamund and Zvonareva. They're up a set. If they win that, then they will play Mertens, Storm Hunter at the bottom, and then Dabrowski and Routliff taking on Melikar Martinez and Ellen Perez. That is already a semifinal. So a lot to sort through. We're still hoping for some good weather. Uh, I don't know. we still got some time to kill. Uh, we haven't heard from Andy in like two hours. So, um, Andy, what did, what did you used to do when there was rain delays? I don't know. I feel like, what, was there was there Instagram scrolling going on back when you had um, no. rain delays? No, it's more like like Angry Birds and like this game called Scrabble. Uh, it's just it's just hard, uh, you know, especially the gymnastics that golf and Pagula have to go through navigating singles times with doubles. I admire it. I would have never done it. You know, Coco entered all three disciplines uh, at the U.S. Open. Right. Like and if that goes long enough, it's going to end up taking away uh, from the singles at a certain point. So credit to them for committing to it. Uh, sticking to it, uh, and it's also something that I probably never would have done. It's got to be, it's got to be tough and create kind of a whole new lane of mental gymnastics for for the two of them. Yeah, they were scheduled to go. They were on court at the last match last night, and right, Goff didn't know if she was going to get through to the singles semis. Pagula was already there. Goff wins that long match against Vondrosova. The conditions are awful. Sviantek wins, and then they walk out there to play doubles. <laughs> so surprised and I guess you should expect nothing less I mean these two are ultimate competitors but it is it does start to wear on you and it could be physically it could be emotionally and especially in conditions like this you don't want to spend too much time out there on the court in 30 mile an hour wins but they did play a set of doubles last night it's a balancing act right now for not only them the players but the organization I mean they don't know what to do they haven't even finished the round robin yet I feel like it's easy for people to be like why don't you just pull out you're already in the semis of singles but let's not forget if they win this match against Vonnerey and Sigamund then the match against Mertens and Hunter that will be for the world number one spot to end so you know that's something definitely to shoot for uh okay so it's now at the bottom of the it's hour more promising it's, right yeah that looks Same pretty way. good yeah I, I like those um Vaptors, right? Uh, exactly. What do you call it? Yeah, yeah uh, that, that thing. Uh, they're a revelation in Cincinnati. Every tournament, sh uh, hardcore tournament, should be required yeah. to have them. But maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that, that, you're right. That that picture looks great, except for all the the the, mo the moisture on the ground. That's concerning. Listen, there's people walking on the court trying to dry it, which there weren't the last yeah. couple hours, Andy. All right, I'm I'm ready for the parade. Let's throw it. <laughs> But are you ready for the social net, Andy? Have you ever heard of that? That's where we wipe up the Do slide. we have a picture animation. of Andy? That's all I care about. Okay, so this is the first no, time I've had TC no. live in a while. So oh, this was awesome. Yeah, I don't, go for it. What, what do we no, like I here? No, I saw this on, um, she it? had a video of it. It's Caroline it? Wozniacki, her family, David Lee. They were the Flintstones. And it was adorable. And her two kids as well. They were in it. I respect that. I, I like it. You know, they're they're at the ages where the kids aren't gonna dictate the costumes now. If I tried to match my son now, he'd be like he'd be like, Bro, get off me. Like this ain't you.
It's not about you. This is we're not the Flintstones, but I'm happy for them. They look adorable. David is a very, very, very big Fred. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for comfort. A large Fred. I'm all for comfort. So if you get that onesie, you know that looks comfortable. Uh, yeah, it looks good. Uh, okay, so some more Halloween costumes. Uh, we were talking about who was going to dress as Taylor Swift. That's Jeannie on the left with the okay. uh, boyfriend as Travis Kelsey. No shoulder pads, but a uh, pretty good commitment from both of them. I like it. They, they play the parts well. Yeah. They were committed also. You, if you're going to do it, you better go all in, like Andy and Brooklyn do every year. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that, but I, I don't know. If Jack's watching the start, bro, like, we just called you Boyfriend Jack. Like, there was nothing else... We just called him Boyfriend Jack. That's it. I, is, boyfriend, is Boyfriend his first name, or is it actually, yeah. like, is Jack his first name? I was put on the rundown. I, I didn't know how to introduce him. Yeah. But uh, I, Also, yeah, what, do you do with Jack. The, what do you do with the ball after the red card? You kind of just ditch that, uh, the prop? I'm pretty know. sure they weren't trick-or-treating, so. Yeah. <laughs> you throw it. You throw it. I think we were teasing earlier which tennis channel commentator was dressed up as Slash here from the Guns N' Roses. Do you, do we see who this is? You got I have anything? no idea, but I probably should put my glasses on. Yeah, I might need glasses because I can't <laughs> see anything. Uh, let's it? see, is it is it Jimmy is it Jimmy Arias? Yeah, that does look like Jimmy. Is it? Do you uh, know? No, I, we're waiting to hear Leaf. her here. So, so yes, should we ask the question? Leaf. Not there. Leaf Shiras got right there. there. Wow, that's good. That's amazing. Good. That's another good oh, effort. <laughs> Guns and Roses. That's good. I don't. I mean, I might as well ask. What? I mean, were you here for Halloween? You weren't. I was here costumes. for Halloween. So Chanda did dress up in the booth. I'm gonna give uh, Huska that picture to use tomorrow. Andy, you? Any costumes? I uh, yeah, I went with the, the 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 never fails. Cut two eye holes in a sheet and ghosted it. He's so famous. He's where people are going to recognize. Well, that sounds. Him. Yeah. That's goes, that's, oh, that's, stop it, Lindsay Davenport. <laughs> stop it. That's, yeah, that sounds comfortable too. Uh, Sunday schedule. We're still hoping for live tennis here on You're Saturday. Going Sunday. We got to get through this day though, Chiz. Yeah. There's the doubles final, 6:30 a.m. Eastern. That's indoor venue. So yep. we know we're going to get through the Paris finals on doubles and singles. Uh, if they want me back, I'm going to be back for TC Live at 4 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> and there's a time change for and us. And then that's a good point, yes. right? Clocks are back. Extra hours sleep. Hoping for live tennis in a little bit. Hot shot of the day, and it's going to go to Grigor Dimitrov. He's had a lot of hot shots uh, this tournament, Andy. We're going to see a little Kareem Abdul-Jabbar skyhook coming up. I like this one with the hook, and then he almost falls, and the late save on the stumble there. But the little chip backhand right there was pretty good also. And then that's right. Maybe like a mini hook, like a not quite a sky. I guess a sky hook adjacent anyways, but nice save on the rolled ankle there at the end. Yeah, our Jim Crayer thought it was a little Jimmy Connors-esque. Did you hear him call that? Did yeah, not. yeah, yeah, that make that makes sense. Yeah, he Boom. used to kind of do the little. That's right. That is right. Jimmy would have given it a couple more fist bumps afterwards <laughs> and yelled at someone though. But th there's <laughs> another player I'm thinking of, a current player who's got that shot in the bag. Anyone? Stop with the trivia. Lefty? I don't know. Yeah, how do you guys not have this one? I don't. I don't. I mean, I because we don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. The, the Nadal. Doll. Come on. Nadal. You know Nadal's got that little okay. kind of. Uh, you guys are all nodding That's like, not... you know what? He's right. He's right. Okay, this is the never, only. Never heard of him. Never, never heard of him. <laughs> never seen it. This is the only match we know we're going to see. This is Sunday, 9 a.m. Eastern. We've talked about it a few times, but we're just vamping until we get dry courts in Cancun. So this is meeting number 13 between Djokovic and Dimitrov. 
Dimitrov, his second final this year. He made the final in Geneva earlier on the clay. But before that, the last final he made was 2018. So the resurgent year continues, and uh, we continue our talk on this match. I don't know. Where do we go with this one? What do you got? Well, we thought that both of us, Andy and I, agreed that Novak was a pretty heavy favorite. Yeah. Um, that hasn't changed in the last 40 minutes. Yeah. I think call. Novak wins. I think he wins in straight sets. Great week for Grigor. Great way to finish his season. But, I mean, so tough to beat Novak. Andy? I'm pretty, I, I'm, I'm excited because, you know, hey, listen, I, I guarantee the third time we talk about this in the same show is going to be much better than the first two times uh, that we talked about it in the first show. And it's, I know what's not obvious is the fact that we're just filling time till we get to live tennis in Cancun at the bottom of the hour. Can we get Nobody a tour yet of the locker room? At all. No? Yeah, we can now. Actually, yeah, I can, I can fill some time with that now. Everyone's, everyone's there we, we go. need to do it. Lindsay, who's, whose locker do you want to see, Lindsay? Well, yours, of course. No, no one wants to see mine. Let's go to let's go to Feds. How's okay. that? Like we'll do a, a okay, real a, a real a, a live look in at our. Yeah, of course, we're gonna lose the. Where's the Wi-Fi? Come on, USTA. And that's Andy Roddick frozen. <laughs> we did get a little glimpse of the locker room. Bandwidth issues. He should have never left. You know, one thing. Uh, in the hood, I'm not right. sure if I cut out there, but that's Roger's locker. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's a pretty cool. Yeah, we, we were just sitting on a freeze, like directly on your face, <laughs> but we believe you that it uh, was best. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's. <laughs> that's unfortunate. Uh, I think that's going to do it for our TC Live here, weekend edition. We will be back tomorrow. We'll see where we're at in Cancun if we're leading up, if we're reacting to the tennis. But bottom of the hour, that's when we hope to get on these semifinals in Cancun. It starts with Pagula in golf and then Svantec Sabalenka. Who will get that year-end number one? Lots to play for, and we hope for a dry court in Cancun. We will talk to you soon.